You're listening to the Don't Suffer Like Us podcast, hosted by Kimberly Fujitaki and Thea Pichelle. Welcome. We are going to be talking about the press. <laughs> oh boy, press. Well, I haven't had press in a long time, you know, but... <laughs> um, I just had press. (laughs) So talk about it. I think what's interesting is about an interview is you don't necessarily know what's going to happen. Um, So I'm part of a nonprofit, literary nonprofit called Women Who Submit. And we're doing an event or we did an event with uh, West Hollywood Read or Weha Reads on um, March 16th. And it's meditation. I start with meditation and movement, and then we go into a writing prompt, and then we read a poem that was a collaborative effort on gathering that we did during the pandemic when we met weekly. So I'm part of this panel, and someone says, oh, you know, who can do an interview with Spectrum One? And I was like, well, I can do it if no one else can if they can meet at 10 a.m. instead of 9 a.m. in West Hollywood, because that's a drive. And I was like, pretty sure that someone else was probably going <laughs> to, right? Oh, folly, oh, folly. Uh, so someone else was like, well, I, I can do it. Well, do I have to be on camera? And uh, the person who was organizing it said, yeah, you have to be on camera. And then, so that person decided not to. And so I said, okay, I'll do it. And I contacted um, the person in charge of the, the organization. I said, hey, if you could give me the, the questions, you know, if you can get the questions from the interviewer that they're going to ask me, that would be really helpful because I like to be prepared. And I said, yeah, not a problem. So I talked to another organizer and they said, oh, you know, you're going to probably talk about it being Women's Month. Uh, you can talk about women who submit. We, re- we have reads. Like, it's going to be a really simple interview. And I'm thinking, okay, I can handle this. So I come all prepared. I'm ready. And I get there and none of the questions (laughs) that I was prepared for were the ones that were asked. Um, And, you know, I had, we had that episode on pivoting. I had to pivot (laughs) Um, because the person asked me first about something I wasn't familiar with that was with the city. That's one of the city functions. Um, so I said, I'm sorry, I, I don't know that one. Um, but beyond that, it went well. And she basically wanted to know about my practice, which was not the line of questioning I was expecting. And even though I know my practice well, I was like, uh, you know, I was prepared to talk about the literary events that were happening. Um, and at the end, I said to her, well, you know, it's only going to be like, what, a 30 second soundbite. And she's like, oh, no, this is going to be like a two and a half, three minute event. Uh, we're going to have the mayor speak, and, but it's pr- predominantly going to be you. And I was so glad she told me that at the end. Because <laughs> as she told me that at the beginning, I think I would have been so tongue tied. Um, but I went in and I did it. And I have a policy of not watching, reading, or listening to interviews I've participated in. Because I know ultimately it's from their perspective and 
it might not be exactly how I see things and it might not, it might not feel very good to see things the way that they've been written, so to speak, or, or put together. Um, as Kimberly knows, probably what, like eight years ago, I was interviewed by a British uh, journalist for my yoga practice for um, at Hazel Blue Studios, my curvy yoga class. And um, I had allowed the journalist to come in and take the class for free. Um, and then when, and I didn't have the expectation that they were gonna be like, oh my God, Thea is amazing. Um, but the way that she had described my clients and the class just felt really negative. And um, she was using the article to promote a bigger yoga studio in Hollywood and also a yoga celebrity. And so it just felt really gross, you know? And I wrote her and I said, you know, I was really disappointed in, in what you wrote. And she's like, oh, I didn't think there was anything wrong with it. And, you know, she didn't. <laughs> um, but that's how I came up with my policy of not reading or viewing. Um, because, you know, I'm not, I have a film background. I'm not necessarily fond of uh, camera angles chosen. Um, <laughs> I'm persnickety. It's just easier for me to avoid. What about you, Kimberly? What's your press experience? Um, you know, Little Heroes Yoga was in the San Fernando Valley business, uh, like magazine. And uh, that was an interesting experience just to be able to have somebody interview about kids yoga. That was like during the time where there was a lot of um, <clears throat> press about the United States saying like that certain schools weren't allowed to have yoga in mm -hmm. their schools because of religious implications and things like that. So, you know, we we're basically trying to explain, you know, what is yoga and how do we teach yoga to children and what's the differences between adult practice and children's practice and it was really nice you know it was nice to have a little blurb about us and about you know what <clears throat> what kids yoga can be and and how it can continue to help people uh the little people of the world be be more connected and uh you know it was a good experience for me and you know it it's interesting because just we can't control how other people view mm -mm. what it is that we do. You mm -hmm. know, you can't, you don't know how there are plenty of people taking my class and just giving me like crazy looks the entire time. And then all <laughs> yeah. of a sudden you're, I was like, that person's never going to come back. And then the next week they came back, you know, or, yeah. or somebody in one of my trainings was just like, to my face, like so sweet and pleasant. And then when she wrote her review of my training, it was just nasty, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, <laughs> you have no idea, <laughs> you, know? No. Like, you do not know. And so with anything, you know, we have to consider the way that people are perceiving us, but that doesn't necessarily mean that that's the way that we are, you know? Yeah. And, and how we take feedback and take the way that other people view us is, you know, is individual. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if this is just a rando stranger, you know, meeting you for two minutes, 
yeah. they can't know everything about you. No. They're getting they a very small, you know, little tiny view of what it is that you are and who you are. And mm-hmm. so, you know, that might be something good or it could be something bad. You know? Yeah. And when we're doing types of press like that, that's the gamble you're taking. You know, whenever you're in front of other people and you're explaining who you are and what you do, you know, <laughs> people get a different perspective depending on who they are and their lens of viewing you. Yeah. And there's a saying that there's no such thing as bad press. Uh and I mean, that just makes you supposedly culturally re- relevant, but you know, there's certain things that aren't necessarily aligning with your business model and what you want to do. I've been, you know, referenced or mentioned or interviewed in blogs, newspapers, on radio shows, television. Um, I think that's it. Um, and we're, we do a podcast here, right? Um, and in one blog, I had let a <laughs> this I think I may have mentioned this before. I know Kimberly's heard this story, but I don't know if you've heard this on the podcast. Um, you out there, not Kimberly. <laughs> uh, but around, oh, I don't know, a decade ago or something, I allowed a theater troupe to use my, stu- my studio. And um, I didn't know what the play was about. And then there was like a press release and there was a blog article about this play that was about, uh, what do you call it? Possession. (laughs) And I was like, that, you know, I should have probably found out what the play was about before I gave them my space to use because ultimately there's so much uh, murkiness around like, you know, yoga and hypnotherapy where some people might believe that there's some level of like, you know, metaphysical persuasion available that I was like, oh crap, that, you know, that wasn't a good thing to do. And for a long time, it was one of the top things when you Googled my practice, (laughs) you know, but ultimately it did make a little bit of a dent in my practice, but not a huge dent. But, you know, that one was my fault for not investigating like what the play was and whether it aligned with my brand. Well, and that's a you live, you learn kind of thing, yeah. you know, like there's there's certain things that you will be prepared for and there are other things that you might not be prepared for, you know, mm-hmm. like Thea thought that the person was coming to her class to talk about something in a positive way, but then mm-hmm. it ended up being not positive, you know, yeah. and I think that whenever we're thinking about getting some type of press that, that, you know, we would think that it would be positive, but Mm -hmm. that's not always the case, you know, and um, you just, you never know. And so it's important to be as prepared as possible. And even when you over-prepare like Dia did and (laughs) go completely different, you know, like there's part of that business owning and, and being, you know, capable of being in front of person is like being ready for anything you have no idea what they're gonna ask you know I have no idea what when I go to lead teacher training you know I have no idea what questions they're gonna ask me yeah (laughs) but I have to be as prepared as possible (laughs) I just think of Ishvari Pranadana you know where it's like I've done my work. I was prepared. Every interview I've ever done, I've been prepared for, you know, but ultimately, like, I can only show up and do what I do. And how what direction that goes in 
is ultimately up to them. I have no control. I have no power. And that's a lot of things in life, folks. So. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. And you know, with the interview I did, people are saying it was really great, but I still won't watch it. And it's just because I don't need to, you know? And everybody, you know, it's everybody's going to make their own policies and things that, you know, they want to see. Like, you know, in the beginning, I didn't like to watch a lot of the videos that I would take of myself teaching. Mm-hmm. And it's not because I don't think that I'm a good teacher. It's just that it's weird, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and that's how I feel. It just feels sometimes strange, you know? And I've gotten more used to it. And, you know, if Thea was on the uh, on a, the TV every week, she would probably watch it, you know? But <laughs> it was no, just... I wouldn't. <laughs> I, I think that you might have to. But, you know, like, yeah. it just is... It's everybody's gonna make their choices and you know you just show up as prepared as possible and know that it can go whichever way it goes well I think that listening to yourself is weird because the way you sound outside your head is different than the way you sound inside your head so it's not uncommon for people to not like how they sound because there's a discrepancy there's a differentiation and I feel like the same thing with recordings, Um, like whether I don't listen to most recordings unless I have to edit them, Mm -hmm. you know, because it's just weird to listen to yourself. Yep. Or myself, I should say. Some people love the sound of their voice and good, good for them. Right. Uh, Everybody's got to do what they got to do. And uh, we hope that if you, you know, get some press that it's a positive experience and you show up being ready the best you are. Yeah. And I think, yeah. And I think the bottom line is knowing who you're being interviewed by, um, knowing what's not necessarily knowing what's going to be written about you, but like knowing or yeah, knowing who you're being interviewed by, because if you're being interviewed by maybe uh, a, a media source that you don't agree with their political ideology, or you don't agree with their the way they behave in the world, whether it's ethically or not, you know, you want to make sure that you're aligning with, um, with things that follow through with your life purpose or yours, you know, your perceived reason for being, I don't know. I'm not being very eloquent right now. This should be edited. It won't be. But <laughs> Kimberly, do you know what I'm saying? Your values. Thank you. Your values, what you, you know, what you are trying to show about yourself. You know, if you're just taking press because you think that this person has, you know, a large following or, you know, if there's any kind, if you feel like there's any kind of like devious reason as to why this person is, wants to talk to you, then probably don't talk to them. You know, and uh, you want to ethically align with, everything that you do right so if it's something where you know that it doesn't feel right trust that and you'll make the right decision for you yeah and the person that i was interviewed with the other day she's a journalist she's a yoga teacher she was very nice completely accommodating you know so it was a really positive experience it's just you know i have my my protocol in place with interviews uh and so whether you like to listen to yourself, watch yourself, or read yourself, 
you know, that's, that's your personal choice when it comes to things, you know, but I would say the the most important thing is to know who's, who's going to be interviewing you, um, or what organization or what website or where, where you're going to appear and whether it aligns with your values. Everything else is just perspective, right? That's it. Thank you so much for listening. Yeah. We'll speak with you soon. Don't forget to join us next week for another episode of Don't Suffer Like Us. Make sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Don't Suffer Like Us to join the conversation.